0: Welcome to another episode of the Product-Led Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Ramley John. I'm super excited to jump in here. Just heads up, this is a pre-recorded session I had with Claudia Suniga. She is the Customer Experience Manager at Jungle Scout. And we did a Q&A with a bunch of other people, other Product-Led leaders here at Product-Led. Feel free to check it out. Uh, if you enjoyed it, feel free to share it out on Twitter, LinkedIn, and as well as on Facebook. Enough about me. Let's jump in in my chat with Claudia. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this first Expert Q&A session. I have Claudia Zuniga here. She is the Customer Experience Manager at Jungle Scout. As soon as Mm -hmm. people come in, uh, Jungle Scout has actually been in the journey for becoming product-led for the last (laughs) two years now. So they're quite ahead of a lot of folks. Uh, Claudia is also one of our product-led coaches that we have for our one-on-one program called the Product-Led Accelerator, and we have her also coaching some of the, the teams available for this. So that's what we have here. This the, She's just going to share a little bit about their journey with Product-Led first. Uh, feel free to ask any questions right after. I know some people already submitted their questions in advance, so I'm just going to drop in the link, uh, the place where people can share the question, as well as you can unmute yourself after and just Ask your questions uh, as people come in. Claudia, feel free to jump right in and share a little bit about your journey at, at Jungle Scout and how your company has switched over the product led from sales side in the last sure. few years.
1: Thanks. And uh, welcome, everybody. Thanks so much for taking some time. So, uh, Jungle Scout, we have been, as Ramley was saying, a couple of years into it. We have learned quite a bit. And I say most of it has to do with the end user success as well. I like to... The fact that the product growth can be very customer centric, uh, customer centricity is like really big thing we have been working towards the past couple of years. How do we understand our end users so we can help them win? So I wanted to talk a little bit about that start with some of the experiences we've had. Hopefully, some of that helps you in your journey and let then we can get into the questions. Uh, So just a little bit about me. Well, my name is Claudia. I am the manager of customer experience here at Jungle Scout. Um, I have been working with uh, actually several organizations, uh, product, marketing, customer success. So I do have a very cross-functional role and relationships that we'll talk about that are also very important as you try to get buy-in. But a little bit about Jungle Scout as well. Uh, so what is it? We are the all-in-one platform and we are helping customers win to build their e-commerce businesses on Amazon. So we provide a powerful uh, data and insights to help them entrepreneurs, brands, investors, and agencies grow and optimize successful Amazon businesses. So we are looking at a lot into e-commerce and that is a very interesting space. Just in case you ever are interested, look for Jungle Scout for sure. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the main problems that we had. When we were thinking about this, we were looking at a very high number of support requests. Our queue was always uh, pretty high. Our CS uh, agents were always pretty busy. The retention numbers were getting flat. Churn results were rising. Adoption and the daily active users were not meeting the expectations. So we, were, we got in there. We said, okay, what can we do? So we started thinking about the problems that we had and some of the things that we tried. So first, we focused on self-service. We invested in onboarding and we started nurturing our customers with training and education. So one thing that I do wanted to mention is the end user is becoming the decision maker and the catalyst for growth. So the reason why we started thinking about them is because, you know, it is that the end user era is here and the expectations as customers have evolved. So the first thing that we tried was actually self-service. We had a widget where people can actually go in, they can search for articles, they can look for information. Onboarding was the second thing. We actually started to have live training sessions. We started to experiment with one-to-one one too many, what was the type of education that they were looking for? We then for training in education, we actually created an academy with the feedback and information that we were getting from them. We just went in, got a bunch of resources, we filmed a bunch of content, we created this, of course, with time, more robust health center, resource center of information that they can look into. And these were a little bit of some of the results that we got, which actually was really good. At the beginning, we saw an increase in adoption, 26%. We saw 14 points up for MPS, 15% boost in retention. But One of the biggest ones that we also saw was a 62% decrease in all of our customer tickets within the first three months. So we did understand that a lot of our customers wanted to be empowered to have the information in a way that they could access that pretty easily that it was real time a lot of people even when you think about your own experiences when you are buying products and evaluating a product you want to self-serve you want to have the information that you need to make your decisions you want to try you want to test you want to be self-sufficient and try new things so these were the very first results that we got and we said okay This is it, like we really need to understand our end users. We really need to help them win because their success of course is ultimately our success. So that's what I wanted to mention here. Again, the expectations have changed and if we help our customers achieve their goals and they are happy with the product, they will become those advocates and those loyal followers that are gonna help you grow your product. So for the same reason, Ease of use at the same time in time to value have become like really top priority. So that is when we say onboarding is really, really important. High focus on the end user. We need to meet the users where they at, talk to them, understand they are. So I actually really like this quote from Steve Jobs that says, you have to start with the customer experience and actually work back towards the technology, not the other way around, where the customer, not the technology, must be at the core of your strategy. So really understanding who they are, meet them where they are. In a way, actually one of our core values is Try to anticipate, nor your customers' needs before they do. And, uh, you know, try to answer that as you go. A huge part of understanding who they are is actually a joint effort that we have, product, design, uh, UX, the developers. So we can continue to work in our personas, the information that we have about them and So it is applicable to things that we are actively working on because again, their success is the company's success. So I'm pretty sure that you have heard from Ramley like how important onboarding is and that is actually something that we have learned. So some of the learnings that we have, so putting the product at the center of the customer experience, be more data-driven. I'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute. Taking action early but most importantly, measure your results all the time. That's what the executives want to see for sure. So putting the customer at the center of the product, at the center of the customer experience, a lot of things that we do are very cross-functional. So actually aligning around the product, you know, you want to make a product that is so great, that is practically going to sell itself. So you need to understand what are the expectations? Are there any value gaps? What is the first thing that our customers want to solve when they land in your product? So a great onboarding is definitely key for that. You need to understand what triggers uh, your customer's Sentiments as well. Actually, I feel a lot of value sometimes is very connected to emotions. So you on, you need to understand what triggers your customers. Understand those aha moments where they are seeing value and, and drive them to those outcomes in a way that is, again, a straight line onboarding the bowling alley and making sure that it, they have that quick time to value. Again, help users, help themselves, sales service we have noticed self-service is really important. Actually, one of the things that I mentioned we implemented was this robust resource center that we have with Pendo. It has different modules for training, for actually getting it started, checklists, information about product updates. And we have a lot of features and functionality within the product, but that is the fifth most used feature that we have right now. So that just tells us that customers definitely want to self-serve and they are looking for this information to be handy at all times. Being very data-driven, so... One thing that's important is the quality of the data that you're consuming. What does it mean? What does it tell you? Because just having a lot of data points sometimes can just be consuming and overwhelming. So focus on what is the quality of the data that you're collecting and what do you want to see? What do you want to understand from that data? We have been working with BI or BR team and our data engineers a lot into how do we craft that data, the events, the information that we need from our customers, so we can again understand them and help them win. Qualitative data enriches the quantitative. You can have a lot of numbers, but what they mean. It's sometimes can be very different. It can give you an extra layer of context. It can help you actually tell the story. And that is something that I always tell my team. It's also how you tell that story, right? You are going to have a lot of insights and you want to make sure that you're crafting a story that is very data driven, but that is ultimately going to explain why you want experiment test in Niter, that is actually one of our other core values. I really liked something that I think Andrew Kaplan mentioned in a talk and is you don't have to really have the answers to everything as long as you have like a really good idea and then you you have a hypothesis and then you find the answer through trial and error. Because most of the times you can say, well, this is a good idea. I think this may work. But As you test it, as you try it, things might be different. So you don't have to have all the questions. You have to have a really good idea. Again, measure all the time so you can show your results, which is actually something that I wanted to mention. At first, we did not have maybe the right metrics. We were not looking at it the right way. But after we actually, again, we have been working really closely with our BI team and our data analysts. So we started to look into What is it that the executives want to see here? How can we show that? How can we spark something that is going to attract their attention? So we started measuring a lot of these things. What were the results that we were having with our self-service or onboarding? Was it making a difference in retention? Was it making a difference in the revenue? And that is what they want to hear. So make sure that you're tying those results into your initiatives early, because that is definitely going to help you get buy-in in the long term. And I actually really like this quote that I think I heard from a talk from one of our uh, Pando executives, but it, he was saying, you cannot improve what you don't measure. But I, I want to also mention, you can't prove what you don't measure, because a lot of times you see great results. And if you cannot tie it back to the initiative that you have, it's like, okay. But was it really? So make sure, again, that when you are doing these experiments, that when you are working in new initiatives, you have a baseline. You understand what life for your customers was before and what the results were right after. And actually, this is something that I think it's really important as well, and it's building bridges As I mentioned, my role is very cross-functional. I work very closely with BI, with our designers, with product marketing, with the product managers, with everybody and cultivating those great relationships is definitely going to be key as well for you to get buy-in. A lot of times people are like, but but what is product-led growth? But then if you start evangelizing that internally, if you start explaining to them what the mentality, what the mindset is, it makes sense. And you can see sometimes I actually did some like a lunch and learns and we had like, what is product-led growth? We were just like trying to talk about a little bit more and I can see it in their faces. Like they understood, like it makes sense when we were talking about value gaps and expectations and what it means. So make sure that you are having those, again, interdepartmental relationships that you're talking about it. Research is so important for you to understand your end user. If you don't ask, then how do you know, right? So we are actually having a lot of research. We are being very research-focused right now. So lead some of those research initiatives. Be the champion. If you don't have one, go ahead, have those conversations. A tip, if you don't know how to get started, Calendly actually has this very easy way for you to have a shared calendar you can put as many people you can choose the times and uh, you can launch it for example to your end users for anybody to choose point that's actually what we did choose 20 minutes during the week for the specific times that you have and then it will just do or it is called round robin and you will choose whoever is free from that specific calendar and assign that person to them that is very easy and it is actually going to be super useful for your users as well. They're going to be happy that you are listening to them. Make sure that you are closing that feedback loop and that you are actually taking action because that is the most important part of as well to have those actionable insights and then share them with the company pretty often because one thing as well is You can have a ton of information, but if you don't share it, if you don't evangelize it again and communicate it company-wide, then it might get lost in translation. So really important to share those actionable insights early and often. And that is actually just a quick, quick intro that I wanted to have so I can tell you a little bit about what Jungle Scout has tried, what we have seen in our end user journey, how we are helping our customers win. And... We can get it on with the questions now, for sure.
0: Thank you so much for that, Claudia, and just giving us context into uh, this q and sure. I just dropped the link to everybody. Uh, everybody can just, uh, there's the link that I provided for people to drop in their questions. As well as, like, if you also want to just ask directly, feel free to unmute yourself uh, and ask that question directly. But I'm just going to start from here, from that list. Oh, we got one upload already. Oh, it's, it's the one around the pros and cons of top models and monthly subscription here. So this one, uh, we're actually going to be talking about this with with Wes next week. So whoever asked this question, uh, we'll be talking about models, uh, top up models, and monthly subscriptions uh, very shortly. So we'll be covering that next. But did you have any context or any com- like anything to add here, Claudia?
1: For the top model, actually, we are looking into our freemium model and we're launching that next quarter, but I can definitely talk about that after we launch it for sure.
0: Awesome. Thank you. We got two upvotes for this one. How exactly is your onboarding different from today versus what it looked like before? What were some of the things that you saw?
1: Great question. So actually, before uh, we, as I mentioned, we started to try live training, we saw the live training actually had a big impact in the retention and satisfaction. So first we tried a one to many sessions where we had one of our trainers go in daily and have like a training session onboarding for Everybody, but that was very time-consuming. We had to have at least two people in there. Although it was giving great results, we thought, okay, how can we scale now to actually reach a bigger audience? So we started an on-demand onboarding session. The on-demand section actually was for a grew our audience four times. So we went from having about an average of about six hundred customers per month to having about almost 2,000 customers per month that we were reaching. That was about 30% of our net new users. And then we moved to... We had some feedback from our users. Again, make sure that you are listening to what they say about the onboarding. And we changed that to an in-app video that they can play right in the product. Ease of use for them, again, bringing in all the information inside of the product, making sure that they don't have to leave with something that we were trying. And that actually increased it four more times. So now we're reaching over, I think it's close to 60% of our net new users, most of them are actually watching this onboarding video. They are leaving a lot of great feedback and that has actually gone very well. And now the self-service is the other part that I think is part of the onboarding. We have a get started checklist, I think as humans, where we always want to make sure that all the boxes are checked, that you are completing steps. So we have a checklist of things that we know are the most important ones that they can complete. And again, we invest it in have it a more robust, a self survey. So we have actually a widget with Pendo uh, that allows us to have different modules. We have invites for training. We have product updates. We have that checklist that I was talking about, an option for them to contact support, an option for them to search articles, all of this within the product again for ease of use. So those are some of the things that have changed so far.
0: So thank you for, for answering that. The next question is from Matthew. Actually, if you're if you want to ask this one live around the 166 trial signups and 57 never logged in. Feel free to, to ask it live and just unmute yourself.
2: Hi, Renley. Hi, Claudia. Everyone else. Thank you. Yeah, we're an educational software company. We sell into uh, elementary schools and you know we promote this 30-day free trial. We get a lot of trial signups and we get a lot of people who never access the trial. They sign up and you know, they're busy. I know just like when I think of myself, I see free trials, I see webinars, different offers, and it's like, oh, that looks interesting. And I'll like sign up and, you know, I never end up looking at it. Do you have any suggestions for activating free trial users, people who aren't using the free trial?
1: Yes, for sure. I would say definitely think about it. Do you have any activation steps that need to be done before they are able to land in the product by any chance, like an activation email or some type of other step that might cause some friction in there?
2: So basically, the trial used to be pretty easy. The sign-up process was, you know, put in your name and email, and then you would be into the product, but there were features that they didn't have access to. Like it wasn't saving student progress. They would go out and then they'd be starting from scratch again. They didn't have access to like the teacher kind of backend Mm -hmm. of the application. There were a lot of stuff in it and we felt like we were just, you know, we're not putting our best foot forward. So now the process they have to go through and it's a little more involved. They have to put in their school info and it basically they have like a, a free account with full access to everything for for the 30 days. But once they go through that, basically they just need to start using it. And it's so like they that. are going through, sorry, they are going through and completing that. And, you know, we do have people that are using it, but there's, you know, a good chunk of people that just never end up logging in once.
1: Well, it doesn't sound like you have a lot of barriers to entry, but I would say also a lot of things that we discovered were To talking to the customers. Just sending, like, if you can get maybe an email list of all of them that are not fully signing up, send a mass email and try to get some time and talk to them and say, hey, is there anything that we can do to help you? I notice you haven't used the product or you can also send them a survey because a lot of times it might depend on the type of audience, their preferences. And because those might be very different from one space to another, I would say definitely if you have some time, try to get some time and talk to them to get some information.
2: Okay, that makes sense. Thank you.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Thanks for asking that, Matthew. Uh, the next question I'm going to bundle all together is around tools. <laughs> this, What kind of tools are you using to onboard users? But similarly, Monica asked around Pendo, why did you choose that? So um, I guess what kind of tools are you using? And a second follow-up after that is why Pendo and why you chose that over other things.
1: Yes, both of them great questions. So our tech stack is something that is growing and evolving at the same time. You know, as you scale and the company becomes bigger, sometimes you understand that your tech stack needs to get better as well. So Segment.io is uh, one of our analytics tools. That is our kind of a source of truth. And we have that connected to different other sources and destinations of information, Pendo being one of them. But Pendo, I think, is the one that we use, again, Segment is going to tell us a lot about what our customers are doing, events, user trades, and then Pendo is also going to help us with the analytics and part of the onboarding things that we do are with Pando. The reason why we choose that instead of doing something custom in, in our end at first was bandwidth. Pando is very easy for you to do things without having to have involve developers. So you can very. it. Actually, I launched the resource center on my own, 100%. I created the modules. I did it. I styled it with one of our designers. I did the integrations that are quite easy and you can do that without having to work with engineers. So that is actually one of the first things. I would say one of the maybe small downsides is that because Pando lives on top of your interface, anything that you put there, being Pando, being a walk-me, being an app queues, that is going to take a millisecond to load. So it will always be on top of your interface. It is a great solution whenever you have to do prompts, whenever you have to do pop-ups and invites and walkthroughs, that is a great option. Sometimes it's a great question, you have to decide what do you build and what do you buy. We are actually working right now into taking another iteration into our onboarding. And we are thinking, okay, out of everything that we have built with Pendo, what can we do natively or what can we build in-house right now? So we are actually taking another iteration on that front and we're getting prep for next year on that. So I will let you know how that goes through for sure. But Pendo, again, it's a very easy solution if you don't have a lot of engineering bandwidth.
0: Sounds awesome. I mean, so I heard segment to handle your data and then Pendo, mm-hmm. handle your analytics. So those are the main ones that you're, you're... The
1: main ones, we of course use a lot of other things. We use Tableau, we use Salesforce for for customer success. But I would say for onboarding and understanding our users, those are the two main ones that you could use quite easily. Again, add some events, understand what are the customers doing as some user traits and information that you think it's important for segmentation. Segmentation is also a key because not all of our users are going to have a shared goal. You're going to have different types. You're going to have different use cases. So really being able to show relevant information is what's going to give them value at the end of
0: the day. This is a follow-up question, did you... Uh did you look at other options other than Pendo when you were checking that tool out? Or like, I know that's another follow-up question uh, in the list is, what are other options you weighed in other than Pendo? Or was it like just Pendo? Pendo's it?
1: Actually, this is a great question. So we have a great relation. Pendo was the first one that we tried and we have actually a great relationship with them. Our case study is in Todd Olson's book. So it's like um, AppCuse, I think it's actually amazing as well. Like they do have a really great product i have heard of walk me but panda was the first one that we tried and we just created a great relationship with them with the company itself so i think it's a great solution as well but that's the reason why we are using panda it was the first one and then again uh, great relationships with
0: the company makes sense this one if anybody uh, asks us can provide Context as well, if you want. Uh, it's how do you win back less active users? It's actually a great question. Somebody signs up, they are not that active. What are ways to make them more active? But mm-hmm. other than luring them with discount or extended freemium, once again, if you ask this question, feel free to jump in and just unmute yourself and just provide context with that.
1: Well, I would say definitely trying to understand what was the reason that your customers got your product? Like, what are the jobs that they want to get done? Was there any type of value gaps that that maybe they encounter? Was it that they sign up for your product, they landed in there, they used it a little bit of like, okay, maybe this is not what I thought. So try to understand their usage as well. So as I mentioned, Pendulum and Segment are two big things that we use for product analytics. And we try to understand our personas or, or customer types. And we say, okay, for this specific profile, what are maybe the expectations that they were having? We try to have an onboarding that kind of leads them to those key aha moments for that particular goal. But also, as them. When you are getting into a product, and maybe if your product is, again, big, it has a lot of different use cases. If you ask your customers early on, what is it that they want to do? Again, in the more robust or the more functionality it have, the more use cases it is going to cover. So if you ask them what they want to do, you're going to have more information to again, show them relevant information early on. So they're not going to land in that inactive aside. But again, we do know that a lot of people just sign up and and as Matthew mentioned, they never come back. So make sure that you are showing that value fast and that you understand what they want to do with the product. Uh, We've had some iteration in our onboarding flow, but the most important one was we actually launched this, um, we, we call it a setup wizard, where our customers, after they purchase, they ask some questions, it helps them get set up. And we did see an activation increase once we launch that.
0: Thank you so much for that. And speaking of the tool question, which uh, I should have asked uh, beforehand, is you said that you're using Salesforce for customer success. Do you use any other specific customer success tool to onboard users?
1: Yeah, so I know... We're using client success, but we are looking, uh, Gainside was another one that we were looking into, but there are a lot of different tools. And I guess it depends on the functionality that you want to have. Try to look at it in your tech stack as a whole. And one important thing that I say is how did they talk to each other? Did they integrate? Can you put, if you are collecting information from one, can you pass it on? down to the others. So there is always a really good flow. I think that is very important when you are looking at your tech stack. Because client success, Salesforce, mainly free interactions, but we also use Sendus. So we have a two types of customer audiences. We have a kind of a B2C more of a like our multimedia businesses, but we also have an enterprise product and the tools that they use are different. So client success and salesforce are used mainly for the enterprise. We use Sendesk for the customer, these multimedia business interactions.
0: Makes a ton of sense. Thanks for, for sharing that. Uh, the next question here, is there any recommended tech stack that can help with the first step? And this this might not be related to onboarding, it could be just implementing PLG are there any other tools, any other tech stack that you found was very useful in making that transition to, from sales side to product side?
1: I love Full Story. Fool Story is one of the, it's a recording tool that is going to let you actually watch where your customers are doing inside of your product. And again, we went through a lot of a time of a lot of discovery. We wanted to, okay, we know the end user success is definitely gonna help us win. How can we understand our users better? And that's when we started to work more in segment and have more robust events and information around our customers where we were meeting with our data engineers and try to work on the quality of the data that we were collecting, watching those full story recordings and try to see what they were doing, but also kind of uh, doubling that with online customer interviews where we can actually go live and ask questions. So full story, definitely important. Pando and segment, as I said, are so, so, so important. We also have a hot PR, but I think maybe those are the key ones that come to mind when you are thinking about end user and understanding them.
0: Thank you for answering that. Big fan of full story and hot jar as well there. The next set of questions is around that buy-in, getting buy-in from your team. And the first one is around what kind of challenges and problems did you face convincing employees about product led, especially like the cultures already set around sales led? Like what are some tactics or things that you and your your team did to, to kind of get that buy-in for product led growth?
1: Yes. And actually that's a fun one because I think I was. I was talking about it nonstop whenever I could. As I mentioned, I did some lunch and learn presentations. One of the first things I did, I actually buy, I bought the book from Wes and I actually got it for myself, for my team, for my boss, for our CPO. <laughs> and I just started like showing it around. I started talking more about it. Um, the one thing that I love is that it makes sense. When you sit down and you talk about what it is, about what you can obtain the mentality, how you, how this is being really very customer centric. Because when you think about building great products that your customers are going to love, it will surround the customer. It's all around the customer. So I just started to kind of yell it from the rooftops. But as I mentioned, those relationships that you are able to build. That is so important, but also uh, measuring success. So making sure that you are—if you don't know what to measure—meet with your BI analyst, have good conversations, dig in, read some great articles. And actually, in the product-led side, you're going to find a ton of great information. But measuring success early and sharing that success for sure, and then be the evangelist, be the champion. You have to just. Make sure that you are talking with people that you have one-on-ones, but also ask them, what is it that you want to see? That's actually another thing that I did. Uh, When we were talking about results, I actually met with some of the executives and I wanted to see what do you think our team should be focusing on? What are the the results that you would like to see within the next quarter, the next half of the year? So as you understand what their expectations are, you will be able to, to also understand what are the metrics and the results that you need to start showing. And yes, definitely measure and show those results early and often.
0: Love that. I mean, just a related question, and you might have a different response to this question is what are some important things uh, when getting stakeholder fully on board and engaged with the product-led approach? You're, you're talking about sharing wins. <laughs> You're talking about like making sure they're excited and becoming an evangelist. Are there other things that you found that you found are important things when trying to get stakeholders Mm -hmm. on the board?
1: So I think when we were starting to do a lot of research, one important thing was we started to do some reports around it and around the satisfaction, the sentiment, and what our customers were saying. And I think um, I started to bring some of these clips and information to our, we have like a product org. It's a big, big, all-hands meeting. And I started to play them. I started to walk them through customer stories. And sometimes they were saying, wow. It just kind of hearing it from them directly. I was just saying, like, directly from the horse's mouth or something like that. It did make a difference. They were going in and saying, oh, thank you for showing me this. I just want to go in and solve that problem. Or I want to go in and think about how we can be better in this. So showing them, sometimes I think they might have a different perception of what our customers think about the product, but showing them actual results, facts, and hearing it from the customers, I think made a difference. And they said, okay, yes, we need to focus on our product. We need to make sure, we need to make some changes. We need to reevaluate what we are investing on. And then we doubled down on products. We doubled down on research. We got three newest sprint teams that are actually now focusing on the experiences side. So uh, show them. Go in, out, talk to your customers, and show them what they're saying for sure.
0: I got a question directly messaged to me around Jungle Scout. Like, it seems like your, your free trial or freemium is like kind of hidden. Like, is there a way to access that freemium free trial? Because it seems like the main call to action on your site is request a demo.
1: We tried it. This is one key learning that we had. We tried it before we knew about product-led and we didn't launch it the right way. So now we are actually redoing that and we are launching our new freemium offering next quarter. But we one of the things that we learned is that, again, we needed to understand what were the expectations. What do we get? What do we give for free? Those were two very key things that we missed actually when we had the first trial version of it. So we went back, we, were, we took our learnings, we went back to a drawing board and now we're getting ready to release the new freemium product. So do stay tuned, but it's coming soon.
0: Interesting. So it's like a, and this is something that we're sharing here that the product-led journey, you know, your team has been on it for two years now. And mm-hmm. what I heard was you released this free trial, it didn't work out. And now you're releasing a new one. So exactly. Was-
1: when we launched it, we did it know about product-like growth. We were thinking about it, but I think even though we had a good idea, it wasn't performed or executed the right way. So now that we know about product-like growth and we have more information about it, we went back, as I mentioned, and we actually created a task force around it, and we're getting ready to launch that soon.
0: Awesome. Thank you for responding to that. I have a couple of questions from Ali. Ali, if you want to ask a question, in uh, feel free to just am- amuse yourself and jump right in to share your question. Yeah. I was just wondering, like, when you look at your acquisition to activation conversion rates and you see them low, you already mentioned that, you know, onboarding is important and, and it needs to be improved. But what else do you address
1: Yes, great. I think education, think about your audience and how well, how motivated they are. And then also how, I guess, technical savvy they might be. Sometimes they do need a lot of education. And we learned that actually our academy is one of our most loved features or Some of our customers say that the reason why they decided to sign up for Jungle Scout instead of the other tools was because of the educational resources, live training, and community that we have. So it's not just about answering your customers' needs. It's about the community that you can create. And also sometimes they just really, really want to get some of that uh, training and education. So I think that That's also very important. Try to understand what is it that they want to learn in the sense of community, I feel, mainly in the e-commerce space in particular, because when you're trying a new business and when you are trying something new, just having that sense of somebody is there for me, it can help me, or they're going through the same thing that I am, just makes it really, the, the journey is just much, much better.
0: Yeah, thank you. Another question actually I have is, Related to user activity in the product. So if you consider every user are like is taking various actions, so like what actions were so important for you to qualify your users and drive them towards that buying action?
1: Yeah. So actually that might be very different from one space to the other. Like sometimes you wish like onboarding or activation was like a blueprint that you can copy from one to the other. But unfortunately, because audiences are very different, you need to understand what your audience is looking for and then try to map. Understand very well, when somebody buys your product, what is the main thing, the main job that they want to get? done when they do it and make sure that you're trying to drive them to that value fast. But again, the more robust that your product gets or the more functionality it has, the more use cases that it can solve. So I would say asking them early on during your onboarding, maybe as I mentioned, after they go through the checkout flow and before they land in your app, ask them what their main goals are. So that way you can create straight line onboarding so you can show them value specific to that goal or that job
0: that they want to complete. Do you have different onboarding for different customer segments?
1: Yes, we do. Uh, We actually have different paths that they can take. And depending on each of them, they will have different emails. They will have different in-app prompts. They will have different invites. So because not everything is going to be relevant to all of our users. So as I mentioned, segmentation is also going to be really important so you can understand what is relevant. Because sometimes if you start just sending everything to everybody, they're going to tune out. And they're going to disregard the pop-ups and they're not going to read the emails. So make sure that you are understanding what their end goal is and uh, that you are sending relevant information to them. But we do have different onboarding for different types.
0: Yeah, good insights. Thank you very much. For sure. Awesome. Thanks for asking that question, Ali. I had another follow-up question around that the free trial, uh, free that didn't work out? Like, what were some of the lessons around that uh, that you you can share? I know some people are, some companies are switching right now to that and any lessons shared that your team Mm -hmm. has learned around that and what are some changes you're making for that that one that's coming up?
1: Yeah, so first... By the time that we launched it, we did not have a really great onboarding. We didn't understand what were our main... We didn't have an idea of the personas, but we didn't understand what was their end goal. We uh, It was very broad. And, you know, our tools can be a little bit complicated. They can get technical because they do cover a lot of different use cases. So I think at first... We tried maybe a little bit too much, but then we, we didn't understand what we should be getting and what we should be given for free. And again, I think a confused mind don't buy. So sometimes you have to make it easy. Again, easy for them to check out, easy for them to land in your product, and easy for them to complete the first task and see value fast. Then you will be probably see more conversions. But... I think that for us, that very first time that we tried it, we were not very well-informed. But now that we're looking into, okay, we understand our customers better now. We know what their goals are. We understand what jobs they want to get done. And we have a better onboarding and self-service so they can get this value fast. So that's where we are um, actually now making a 2.0, freemium
0: 2.0. Thank you so much for sharing that. We have a few more questions. Going back to list of questions. Next question is like, we have a platform versus a product uh, free and $9 per month subscribers who can build a custom world and host meetups. How do we get new users without paid ads? It's probably more of a marketing question that I can ask, but a marketer in one of the another expert community, but do you have any ways that you can respond to that? Or like is that something that I can ask another uh, coach later on? Well,
1: if they have other insights, great. But I do think that maybe a sense of community in you thinking about host meetups and events. uh, Do you have a good community where maybe they can go into where you can evangelize your product? And at the same time, I think a lot of times just understanding what they want to do, maybe do free webinars where they can get a lot of really good information. And then you can... Tell them a little bit about your product, but don't make it all about your product. Just make it about the thing that they want to learn and then mention your product. And then maybe you're going to get them intrigued and they will look into the information. I am a webinar junkie. I am always looking for webinars. I am always looking for information. So if you can get their attention different ways through community, through, again, education and resources, maybe you can spike that spark.
0: Thank you. The last question I have on that the list of questions, and after this, if anybody has questions, feel free to continue to drop it into the chat now or meet your yourself. And this is related to a question that was asked earlier around what happens when free trial users don't convert? How do you win the back? I think the other question was about not active users, but this one's around trial users who didn't convert. Um, do you have any thoughts around that, how to like get them back interested or, or other things?
1: Sure. One thing that we are looking into when we launch is our product qualified leads and how do you understand the usage so then you can prompt them to convert to paid? And how are they using the product in a way that you understand? Are they getting enough value? Is it the offering that you're giving them too much? But I think understanding the usage First, so you mentioned they're not converting, but maybe they are using the product in a way. Uh, we have been thinking about our different offerings as well with a lot of the feedback that we have been getting. So we have an exit survey as well that our customers fill in whenever they are canceling. So we have been analyzing a lot of that and trying to understand that for when we launch this freemium offering and how can we maybe... Try to accommodate some of those, and again, understand were there any value gaps? Did they come to your product or to the trial thinking that it was going to answer a different question? Were they not getting that answer? So again, try to understand a little bit more about about them, about their usage, about how they're using the product, and what their expectations were. I think closing a value gap, if you have one, is one of the biggest levers that you can pull for sure. If you try to understand. Were their expectations different and why were their expectations different and how can we change that? I think that would be a good one for sure.
0: Awesome. Thank you for responding to that one. Did you just want to ask your your question, Monica, or uh, just jump right in and unmute yourself and yeah, feel free to make this more interactive.
1: So I was just wondering who your main competitors were, seeing that we're coming from a really competitive space and how do you handle staying ahead? Yeah, so we do have actually. A few competitors, uh, maybe not too, too many. We are not in like a super competitive space. Maybe we have top five or seven ones that we are always, you know, we always are looking into. But one thing that I would say how you can stay ahead is a lot of times don't think about as much into trying to play catch up, but try to think about what your customers are saying that they want. I feel the product innovation that comes from customer insights is definitely going to bring you. It's what is going to help uh, companies win. Because if you think about how your customers are solving their problems and how you can have put yourself in their shoes and find a creative way to solve it, thinking, kind of coming from their perspective, uh, that is how we're thinking about right now. We're... Going back, we're looking into our customers, what they're telling us and thinking, getting our mindset around them. Okay, how would they solve this? How can we make it so that it can create a habit? How can we make it so that they can incorporate in it to their daily lives? So make it more about, I would say, answering that through your customer insights, because I, I do think that that is what's going to help companies stay ahead and use our success. That's actually what what we're talking about today, right? So that's how we're trying to stay competitive. Again, creative insights, product innovation coming from your customer insights, I think is going to be key.
0: Great. Thank you. For sure. Great questions uh, from everyone. Uh, Is there any other easy way to reach Claudia? If if people like usually after a session, 30 minutes later, I'm like, oh my goodness, I should have asked that question. Uh, What's the best way to, to reach you after? Is it LinkedIn, Twitter, email? Like what's some of the best ways to reach you?
1: Yes, for sure. You can send me an email at uh, claudia at junglescout.com. Pretty easy. I am also part of the product like community. If you haven't joined the Slack community, do it for sure. So if you are in Slack and I'm in Slack, definitely hit me up. If I don't respond right away, sometimes, you know, end of year and a quarter, start of a quarter gets pretty crazy. But send me an email. I'll be happy, happy to jump in and chat a little bit about end user success for sure.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. I just dropped in your email in the chat as well as the link to join our wider product like both channel as well. So, well, thank you so much, everybody, for uh, for showing up. Well, I'll get the recording of this up as quickly as possible. Matthew, sorry to say thank you. Thank you for everybody for asking your questions. This is what makes this more engaging, and you're getting your questions answered for this. Uh, we have our next session up next Tuesday where Wes will be talking about product-led models and like the different types of models to figure out the right one to pick for you. Alex is saying thank you as well. Everybody, thank you. Uh, have a great afternoon, morning, evening, wherever you are right now. Have a great one. Have a great race, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Claudia.